was out uh, two or three weeks ago at one of my weekend outings, and I came home, and I was all excited. I told my wife, I said, guess what? We're building in our neighborhood, uh, a chop shop down by the Whole Foods. She looked at me, and she said, well, I'm glad we keep our cars in the garage. Nope, <laughs> that's not it. Jason Morgan can set us straight. He is the CEO of Chop Shop, which is, well, you don't have anything to do with auto parts at all. Anyway, it's salads, right? We do. It's uh, it's protein bowls, salads, juices, sandwiches, acai bowls, a little bit of everything. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack, and catering. And it's also a concept that's really growing. I mean, you've you took this over, well, I guess, bad timing. What right before the pandemic? Is that right? No, we we actually bought the business back in 2016. We we had uh, we bought three units from the founders uh, based out of Arizona. Uh, and uh, we were all living here. The team was living here because most of us have experience with Zoe's Kitchen prior to this. And uh, we, Dallas was our second market that we opened. And at this point, we've grown from three to 17. We have eight in the Phoenix area. We have seven in Dallas and we have two in Houston. And uh, we're about to open our first store in Georgia. We have a store in Buckhead opens in about three weeks. And then we have a store in uh, Mesa opening a couple weeks uh, in a couple weeks as well. And then uh, Preston Forest, which sounds like that's one close to your house, that's will open it. in December. And then we have three more coming uh, the first of the year. We're, we're two more stores in the Atlanta area and uh, another store out in South Lake here in Dallas. So I assume the pandemic at least was a uh, – you had to hit the pause button for a while on this expansion. So surprisingly, only for a little while. Our, our business was pretty resilient. Um, we were um, – the first six to eight weeks post, uh, post-COVID post hitting in March of 2020 – uh, were difficult for us, but by the time we got to the end of May, we were pretty much flat to 2019. Our sales rebounded pretty quickly, and look, I'll attribute that to several things, but, but one of the things is that we had our digital platform in place, and so we already had about 50% of our business was was off-premise, so eating outside of the restaurant, uh, and that number jumped up you know, to 100% initially, and it's sort of come back down to about 75% today. Uh, but uh, we were set up in a way that uh, we were prepared in terms of how people were going to order uh, in the future. And uh, and we benefited uh, greatly from that. We um, we finished 2020, the sort of the, the May period through December, flat to 2019 in terms of sales. And then 2021 for us was a, just a monster year. Uh, we ended up uh, 32% up same store sales wow. uh, versus 2019, not 2020, yeah, yeah. but for the full year 2019. And so um, our business today you know, is tracking close to 40, 42% ahead of 2019 numbers. And so we have just seen, um, we've seen just nice, nice top line growth there. So same store sales. I mean, I can see if you're in expansion, but same store sales, that's really impressive. And also, this seems like a crowded field. I mean, you've been in this business. In fact, you guys owned uh, Bella Green and you sold it. You got out of that. But but still, I mean, so in essence, that's a, a competitor. Charlie Morris was on a few months ago, and he's got drive-through locations uh, with salad and go. And I guess we also already had snappy salads and some others around here. It looks like a crowded space. Is there that much demand for this? There is. Um, it, it's crowded if you're one-dimensional. So for, for the folks that are doing salads only, and there's a lot of those folks, um, there's a lot of competition there, but but what we offer is a completely different experience and the ability to to be able to come in and eat a protein bowl one day, a salad another day, and, and a sandwich the next, or come get a juice uh, you know in the afternoon, or a protein shake after your workout in the morning. And so, uh, you know, where where a lot of restaurant companies are, are trying to scale back their menus and be very very narrow, 
uh, our menu is pretty diverse and pretty large. And so I think that's ultimately helping us uh, as people decide where they want to eat. You know, the other thing is the clock. I, I, I assumed before I before I did my research is that you were probably open, you know, open around 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock in the morning. And maybe everybody was gone by four o'clock in the afternoon. But you're all you're open all three meals and open till nine o'clock at night. We are yes. So we we, we like to say all day every day. Right? We start at seven in the morning, uh, and uh, and we go until nine o'clock uh, Monday through Saturday, and then eight o'clock on Sundays. Uh, it's there's rarely an hour that goes by during the day where we don't do two to three hundred dollars worth of sales. Um, it's a it's a constant steady stream of people coming coming through the shops. But they're but but they're buying different. I, I, I assume they're buying bref, breakfast. You're selling breakfast items in the morning. Is your yep. lunch and dinner menu the same? The lunch and dinner menu is the same. Breakfast menu in the morning is different. Um, we you know we do about 42 percent of our business at lunchtime, and then we we have about fifteen percent breakfast and you know twenty or so percent dinner, and then the the rest is filled in through through the different shoulder periods in the morning or, or in the afternoon, the snack period, and then catering. Well, so are people coming in, getting a salad, and sitting down and eating it there? Um, not as much as they did pre-COVID. And so at this point, we only have about 25% of the sales that are actually being eaten inside of the restaurant. Uh, you know, pre-COVID, that number was 50%. And so what you're seeing is you're, you're seeing people either either order online, so they're ordering through third-party delivery services, that's about 25% of our business, or they're ordering direct through us, through our, our app or through our website, and that's another 25% of our business. And then, and then the rest, there's another 25% that's dine in and then that remaining 25% is split between catering and or to go and call in of people coming into the So how, how have you adjusted this then post COVID? Well, first of all, and I'm curious, it was, the concept was founded in 2013 in Arizona. I'm curious how you've changed it with your stamp, but also I would assume you're getting a smaller footprint of, of new locations if, if you only have 25% dine in now. Yep. So the um, I'll take the footprint first. Um, we we have not been able to secure smaller footprints to date. Um, the the real estate market has has continued to be very challenging. Uh, I like to say that that uh, it seems like one of the only segments in the country that that hasn't been hurt by COVID was the landlords and and real estate. Uh, everything is still really expensive, and and for the spaces that we want, which are typically in cap locations and in uh, affluent uh, areas of the country, uh, there's a high demand still for those spaces. And so um, we, we'd like in-cap locations. Typically, landlords won't carve off in-cap. So an in-cap, for people who don't the in-cap is at the end of, a say, a strip center or something like that. Is that, yeah, for, two, is that for drive for drive up or, or for a window? Why, why do you want an in-cap? I like I like the windows. I like the light. I like the ability to uh, to not feel closed in. Uh, we we only have one sort of underperforming store in our portfolio, and and a lot of that I think is due to how the store feels on the inside. Uh, it's a more closed off, not as so much light, not, not as much windows. And so um, at this point, we are taking pretty much whatever real estate that we could find. And so our our Atlanta location, believe it or not, is is about it's just over four thousand square feet. Where you know, our typical prototypes around 2,700 square feet, but we found a site in Atlanta in Buckhead that had surface level parking and, and had a big patio uh, and had a pretty big presence to the visibility of the street. And so we're like, we're going to make that work because there's just not much else to choose from. So tell me about the challenges. Uh, labor, I would assume everybody's got that. And commodity prices. Do you, 
do your commodities swing very much in in price? Yeah. So on the on the labor side, we we've you know we've experienced uh, a little bit of uh, uh, issue with labor, but but not as much as what I'm hearing from uh, other other restaurant uh, CEOs that I talk to. We have done a good job in the last uh, two years of really. Uh, leaning into into labor and employees and benefits, uh, we're you know time where I think a lot of people may be cutting back what they're doing. We've actually done uh, several issued several new programs. So we implemented a 401k plan with a four percent match. We implemented tenure bonuses for our, our GMs, where if you stay with us for five years, we're going to cut you a check for twenty grand and then and then pay you another four grand every year until you get ten years and then another twenty. Uh, we've rolled out uh, you know, mental health benefits that are free, free to the to the team. Uh, we've rolled out uh, pay as you go, so we can pay people, you know, basically the day they work. Uh, and so we we have done a lot of really, really forward thinking things on the, on the employee side. And for that, our, our team's rewarding us. Our our tenure for our GMs, our salary GMs, is over two years. And uh, if you look at the top third of our stores, the hourly workers in our stores, our, our top third of people in each store also average over two years. And so um, we've, we've done a good job of holding on to our people. Uh, lots of internal promotes. Our goal is about 70% of internal promotes into general manager's roles. Um, you know, we, we've staffed uh, regional roles uh, in our brand. All the regionals that, that are sort of above store level are all internal promotes from uh, that were once managers. And so we, we've done a lot in terms of career pathing as well, just trying to provide people, you know, a, a path of how do I get from this position to this position? Um, you know, one of the well, things and, that, and um, you can, you can do this because they're company owned rather than that's franchised. Correct. That's, that's correct. We're, we're 100% company owned. You know, one of the things I learned in, in sort of my own professional background is that uh, whenever I've changed jobs, I've changed jobs because I felt stagnant or I felt like I wasn't learning anything anymore. And so we we try to make uh, this environment a continuous learning environment that, that rewards people real time. Uh, we do quarterly merit increases for our salary team in the stores, uh, so they're not waiting you know a year to get yeah. get results and feedback. On the commodity side, um, it's been pretty terrible. Um, we are um, we are probably 500 to 600 basis points higher. Than where we were in you know six months after COVID, uh, we are heavily reliant on chicken. Uh, it's our number one item that we buy. Uh, we probably have lost 200 basis points in chicken alone. Uh, the price you know jumped from a dollar twenty a pound to over four dollars a pound at one point, uh, and we're seeing the same pressure in other other fresh uh, uh, fresh proteins. Are, are you able to here. pass pass along the increases? So, so this is where I've done something that had, I'm, I'm not sure was the right thing to do, but um, it, it's a decision we made. Um, we have not taken much price. Uh, we we believe that uh, we wanted to make sure that that we had value uh, to the consumer. We were still we're still in a position where we're, we're profitable. Uh, we're, we're making money, uh, and uh, you know we we feel like we just want to sort of make our way through this and and make this product affordable, to folks. About half my stores are in the suburbs. And, uh, you know, so if I get to where I'm, I'm charging 13, 14, $15 for, for a lunch for in the suburbs, I just don't think people are going to come back as yeah, frequently as yeah. I want them to come back. So we, we have not taken much price, uh, and sort of just eaten that, uh, that increase in cost. You know, fortunately in the last couple of weeks, chickens come back down a good bit, but, you know, it's been replaced by other things that have gone up. Uh, but, um, hopefully we'll get a little bit of relief here. This is, time. this is one of those nice times when you don't have to, Open your kimono to Wall Street every three months and and show your <laughs> earnings. I guess. 
That's correct. Yeah, it, it does make it a little bit easier. I do have to show it to my investors, though. So, uh, you know, I, um, I, I'm very conscious of what we're doing and how we're doing it. Well, it sounds like a fascinating growth phase right now. And, and uh, I'll go down and I'll welcome you to the neighborhood in December when you show up. That'd be great. We'd we'll, love to host you there. We wish you a lot of luck. We'll, we'll, we'll check in if we may from time to time. Jason Morgan is a CEO of Chop Shop, the original Chop Shop, which, as we have found out today, has absolutely nothing to do with auto parts. Although, actually, with that store where you've got the extra 1,300 square feet, you know, <laughs> could be. Could be. <laughs> For more of our conversation, go to krld.com slash CEO. David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.